world that's cold, thankless, and unforgiving, a new podcast arises to show you how to make the most out of your career. Introducing the Offer Podcast. Offer Podcast. Finally, a podcast that teaches you how to do what you want to do for a living. With guest speakers and founders making quantifiable company-wide impact from iconic startups and Fortune 500 companies. Guest speakers so far have come from New York Life, Google, VaynerMedia, Marketo, Adobe, and more in a wide range of different career paths. Learn how they became successful. We provide actionable advice on how to properly navigate your career. You don't want to miss a single episode of this show, The Offer Podcast. Welcome to The Offer Podcast. This is Brandon Amorgi, your host, Season 2, Episode 4. Guest, Perry Chase. Super excited for everybody to listen to this podcast today. Today, Perry Chase, um, a mogul in recruiting, uh, talks about her battle with career navigation, uh, as well as work-life balance, right? Work-life balance has become a topic of interest for a lot of people, a lot of employers and employees. And Perry talks about what she did to make sure that she was uh, keeping what was important in her life at the forefront of her career decisions. Before we dive into this episode, I want to talk about something that I'm super excited and passionate about. We just released a course called Career Navigation. Uh, under the offer brand. Super, super, super excited. Uh, And that course is going to show people how they can navigate themselves into a new tech career. Uh, Even if you don't have any tech experience, we go into details on how to make sure your resume is up to par, how to make sure your LinkedIn profile is enhanced so that uh, you get noticed by the right people for the jobs that you're interested in. And last but not least, how to get into the right companies, uh, even the big ones like Google and LinkedIn and some of the others out there uh, that are looking for top talent. We show you everything that you need to do uh, to make yourself a part of that process. So super excited about it. Check it out. For more information, go to www.resources.juicyblue.net. That's www.resources.juicyblue.net for more information. Uh, Check it out. Let us know what you think. So thank you so much, Perry, for having uh, um, some time for us this Friday morning and taking the time to spend with us on our show. We're really excited to have you. My pleasure. I'm honored that you thought of having me on. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Well, for those who don't know who you are, um, give us sort of a quick Cliff Notes version of your background and what you do. Yeah, thank you. Um, right now, I'm a transformational leadership coach. Mm. And um, but my background is kind of a long, windy road of many things, um, including, you know, I spent uh, over a decade doing executive search in financial services in New York, Europe, and Hong Kong. Um, uh, I did, uh, you know, really high level searches and build outs for, 
you know, the world's biggest banks. And that was a fun ride. Um, I then 2009, 2008 to 2010, I took some time off. Um, and then I came back to New York from Hong Kong, um, spent a little more time in headhunting, but realized that like, I just couldn't do financial services anymore. It was like, you know, I came back and, um, my, my, a client I had been developing was MF Global. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they went bankrupt and the whole thing died overnight. I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with these, these, I'm done building things that are just gonna, you know, not, not be around. I can't, I can't in good conscience do this anymore. Um, and so I had a moment where I could have gone to build my firm's tech business, like tech recruiting business. But I decided like, you know, I can always do that. And um, let me go, like, let me go take a flyer at building tech. Um, I'd love to be able to do that and learn about that and, and whatnot. So, you know, I did unroll me first, which I think pretty much everyone knows. And um, that was my like product. You started that business. Yeah. Yeah, I started it with with my co-founders, and I mean, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't have done it alone. It was actually like a a brilliant partnership with JoJo and Josh, and um, and originally Stephen too, who who later left also. Um, but yeah, we the combination of us like made that happen and get it off, got it off the ground, and all of that. So, but then I went to build Archively, which was a recruiting sourcing CRM. And it was a very good learning experience for me on a lot of levels. Um, you know, being a solo non-technical founder, um, building a product in a space that, you know, I was an expert in, um, is actually hurt me really, you know, like, and that's a whole other story, but like it hurt me because I had ideas about how people should be doing things, which is not really helpful when you're building a tech company. Um, you know, it's like, the, the most successful tech companies are the ones that just listen to their customers and build whatever widget that they want. And uh, I wasn't interested in doing that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not building that. <laughs> like that's, that's not the way to do this. You know, um, I was too opinionated. I was an opinionated founder. And, um, and I also recognized that like, I didn't like running a startup. Like I am a people person, you know, and when you become a CEO of a startup, like your life becomes very administrative. And um, I needed to get back into people. Um, and I had done a ton of personal development work for myself, spiritual work, um, you know, from the time that I originally left my job all the way through, you know, like over the last 10 years. And um, that's when I decided like to start working with people on transformation and coaching. And I would say like, you know, like I'm not a regular coach, right? Like most regular coaches don't have my background and um, like, I'm not just a life coach. Like I work with people on business and like total transformation. So I mostly work with people who really have things going on, like who are exceptional individuals, high level um, people who want to change the world. And um and, and yeah, it's like, it's an infused process of everything from business strategy to spiritual mentorship to like really deep coaching. Mm, that's very interesting. That's very unique. I think there's something to be said about mindset and being able to tap into that and help people uh, really, you know, figure out their pathways from that perspective. And, uh, you know, doing that work is great. In terms of 
of what you've sort of witnessed in your career, it sounds like you've made quite a lot of changes, you know, from uh, trying out different things, moving into different arenas. What, what do you think led you to where you are right now? What, what do you, is, was there, is there something, was there, was it a thought process? Was it? No, it's a spiritual journey. Um, you know, there's, there's in, 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 in doing awakening work, okay, which is like, what I, the way that I would describe awakening work is, is getting really present with what's operating and how your uh, beliefs, fears, um, assumptions, et cetera, like your personal experience shapes what you are creating in your life. And when you really start to get underneath things and you understand why you make the decisions that you make, you know, I was in Bali in 2008 and I, I had moments where, you know, you accidentally meet the master, right? And, um, you know, the first thing he said to me was, you know, you manifest everything you don't want. And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a powerful statement that he said to me. Um, because it was, it was sort of like, you know, wherever your thoughts are going is what they're creating. So if you're a worrier or like, you know, you're really like all about risk and fear and that's where you spend a lot of your time, you're going to create those things in your life. And, and, and now granted, like, look, I want to, I want to say this because I think it's a really important caveat is um, like this, this kind of mindset does not, um, invalidate or dismiss like real systemic issues that we have. Like, it's not like people are like at fault, right. For, for the, the issues that they have in their life, but there's a mindset that one can adopt to assist in navigating things differently. I just want to, I want to, I just want to make that caveat because it's, it's a really, um, it, it's a, it's a paradox is what it is. Right. It doesn't like this mindset doesn't invalidate the fact that people are actually struggling in um, systems that uh, like need to be changed. Like I just I just I just want to I just want to caveat that because a lot of people when they talk about, you know, manifestation and things like that, they 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 kind of like wash over, um, you know, these other realities that I, I don't like to wash over. But going back to this, it's like what I did when I was going through this process was, you know, he had me do this like hundred page workbook that really just had me write out like all of my beliefs about all of these different categories and things. And back then what I had realized was like all of my success, like, and I was, making over seven figures at the time. I was like rocking and rolling. I was like 27 years old. I was having a good time going to Bali on the weekends. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a good life. Wow. All of this that I have worked for has been for the, the approval of people like my bosses and my dad and like, you know, other people. And it was like never for me. Like it was, it was never for me. And, um, and there was also a piece of it that was like, oh, I did all of this work so that I didn't have to need other people. And, um, God, that's just so sad and terrible. Right. And once I saw that, um, it like 
it was like pulling out the card at the bottom of the card, you know, castle, whatever. And um, I left on a Sunday. I went back to my office in Hong Kong on a Monday. I called my boss in New York and I was like, I'm done. And he was like, done with what? <laughs> and I was like, I'm done with head hunting. I'm done. And he was like, take a sabbatical. It's like the market's shitty, you know? And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, I need to leave. And um, I was really, I was up for partner in like three months. Like I, they sent me out to Hong Kong to run the office to make partner. There was, I, I, I like flushed my entire career down the toilet. And um, I had no plan, by the way. I had no idea where I was going or what I was going to do. I wouldn't recommend this to most people. It was, it was a real like jump off the cliff kind of thing. Um, and it was hard. You know, I, I spent two years unraveling my whole life, like um, spent all my money. Like, you know, I just, I had, had to work out a whole bunch of stuff. And the reason that I say this though, is because, um, you know, once you begin on, on this path, it's like, you don't really want anything other than what's real. Like, I can't do fake anymore. And if the decision is coming out of something that's not really true, I can't do it. Mm. And, and what I say to people, you know, that I coach is like, why are you doing this? Why do you think you want this? And if it's like, it's usually what happens with people is they think they want something because it's like, okay, really what I want is D. And I'll give you an example with my husband in a second, but like really what I want is D, but like they think they need to do, well, I need A because A, A will get me to B and then B will get me to C and then eventually I'll get D. And it's like, well, who said that that's the path to D, right? What would it really take for you to have D and do you even really want D? Right. So I'll give you an example. When I met my husband, he was working as an optical engineer. And um, he, I was like, why are you an optical engineer? And he was like, well, you know, I, I went to University of Arizona and when I went in to like find my major, um, they, you know, I, I wanted something that was like guaranteed jobs out of school. And so he picked his major based on like what had the highest like placement of professions, you know, hey, that's, that's a smart choice for a college kid, right? You know, you wanna have a job when you get out of school. But he didn't pick his passion. He didn't pick the thing that like, you know, was like, oh my God, I have to do this for the rest of my life. He picked some, he picked security. And so, um, you know, and, and he had a good job, you know, he was working in the, we met in the Bay Area and he was working in the Bay Area, he had a good job. And he would always talk about like marketing funnels and like passive income and things like that. And I was just like, I was like, you know, what is your obsession, you know, with I'm like, what would, what would passive income get you? I'm like, what, what is the thing that you really want? He's like, I don't want to work. And I was like, there we go. You don't want to work. And then I was like, we can, I was like, well, what if that looked like, you know, I work. <laughs> and you don't have like, I don't work. I get and it. You, and you can take care of the baby. Right. And because I don't want to be a stay at home mom. Like we're both at home, actually. We have like, we, we built our whole life based on what we actually want and how we want to live, not what we need to do to survive. Mm -hmm. And and you know, granted, look, I know that not everyone has that option. I, I I have to say that we I've spent a lot of time in my life 
taking risks. It and took you a while to get there. You, you, it took me a while. I'm 40 years old, right? Like, you know, it, it, it took me a while. And so, you know, but, but what I do want to, um, I do want to say to people is like, it is possible. There's possibility for you to say like, this is how I want to live. And then you can say, well, are these choices that I'm making leading me to live the life that I want to live? Because, you know, the, the, the like grinding it out for work these days, like, you know, living to work, like, no, <laughs> those days are over. It's because, you know what, the, the companies are not what they used to be. You know, my, my stepfather worked for a company for 40 years. Long time, yeah. 40 years. I can't even yeah. like fathom working for the same company for 40 years. 10 year anniversary watch. Right. No, but I mean, he had a pension. Who has a pension anymore? Right. You know, yeah. it was just like, uh, like it was secure. It was stable and it was secure. I mean, the world is just not that anymore. Let me ask you a question. So, so for the young person who just graduated college, mm-hmm. right, and has absolutely no clue as to what pathway they want to take career-wise, where they want to go, um, what, what advice do you have for that person? Yeah, my advice for that person is go become an expert in something. Get your 10,000 hours. I don't care what it is. It's just got to be something. Um, you know, if, if you want real security personally, like, I mean, there's, there's, there's different ways that you can, you know, there are jobs these days and skills that, that will give you good security for a long time if you like them, right? Like, you know, it's it, learning how to code and engineering is great, but like learning how to sell and talk to people is great too, right? So, you know, understanding, um, like there are things that I do that like uh, technology will never replace, mm-hmm. right? So, so I'm, not, I'm not worried about my job being replaced by technology. But here's the thing that I noticed about this younger generation. They're impatient. They're not committed. And, you know, that is a reflection of technology, right? You know, like we can't put our attention on anything. Like they want results. They want quick satisfaction. And like my first, you know, I had a client last year. I gave her an assignment because she just wanted instant gratification. I made her grow a plant. And I made her, I made her grow a plant that had no particular um, exciting thing at the end. No fruit, no flowers, you know, a slow growing plant. I think she decided to grow, grow jade. And, um, and I told her, I was like, you, had, you need to have a relationship with this plant every day. Like it's a slow practice of relating to this, this plant and being with this plant and watering this plant and, you know, just being with it until it starts growing. And I'll tell you, it's a, it's a really hard thing to do, but that's the way that people need to actually nurture their careers. You know, I think back to, um, oh, I started something here. I'll, I'll give you an example. I started something this year. Um, I have like a, I teach, I also teach sales, right. And I teach people how to, um, like in, in the coaching capacity, you know, I, cause I work with people's businesses as well. And I teach what I call feminine sales, which is really more like flow business. It's not for women, for women. Yeah. It's like unstructured business that's led by, um, you know, what wants to come through you as opposed to these like goal oriented linear business models. And I, I kind of like teach people how to rearrange like their whole business based on this. And, um, in the beginning of the year, I started a Facebook group 
And I was like, I have no idea what this thing is going to become. But I was, all I knew was I need to put energy into it every day. I need to nurture it every day. I'm going to water it, you know? And then what happened was I decided to shut down the free group. And now I only have a paid group. And the paid group is like really like starting to grow and take off and people are starting to have their results from it. But I had no idea really what I was going to do with it when I first started it. I just said, you know, I think I'm supposed to start this. And then I committed to being with it every day. Right. And you look at some of the people who are like the big influencers in the world, like Gary V. Look at Gary V. I met Gary V in like 2010. And he was still doing the wine library and like, you know, look at him now. And, and you know what, you know, what's different about like the thing about Gary V, like his whole formula, he's just consistent. He is just consistent. He is just on it every day, you know, and he's probably more of a grind and hustle than like I'm interested in being like, you can do that at different levels of intensity. Right. right. But, well, but if you're, if you're starting out, like you can't just keep hopping around from thing to thing because you think you don't like it or what. Like you got to find something you think you might like for a long time. And then you need to get really proficient in it. Because at the end of the day, like um, all of this, like I'm not a headhunter anymore, but all of the things, like I'm an expert headhunter. You know, like I, I have that in my bones mm-hmm. and that actually informs a ton of other things. It mm-hmm. actually makes me great at sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can sell, you know, you, 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 you'll never have to worry about making a living. Absolutely. I, I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting. You said, don't do what you want, what you, what you like, do what you think you might like. I think that's a very important distinction right there. Well, because here's the deal. When you start out, <laughs> you know, I, re- I remember when I was in, uh, like when I had graduated, I was dating an investment banker and they had this uh, fun uh, spreadsheet where like based on like the hours that they were working, um, you know, they were making less than if they were working at McDonald's. And, you know, everybody thinks that the, it's this like flashy, high flying job, but really like it was a grind. And um, what, what, the conversation was always, it's like, no one wants to be a junior investment banker. They want to be the guy doing the deals. Right. And so, you know, when people look at like, what do I want to do for a living or what do I want to do with my life? They want the 10 year out job, but they're not willing to do the work to be the person who's an expert after 10 years takes commitment. So you can always change later. Right. Like, you know, like I look at my husband and, you know, he spent time becoming an expert in optical engineering. He was, he designed contact lenses like that are on the market, you know? And, um, and at the same time, like it wasn't ultimately what he wanted to do, but he has a world of skills, like including the fact that like he automated himself out of a lot of his job. And now he, you know, he taught himself to code and he does, you know, stuff with crypto I don't even understand and like you know he just has his own projects and you know stuff that he's building and working on and that kind of learning and that kind of position fostered all of that for him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so it's like if you're if your only uh goal is to make money 
then, you know, there's a lot of ways to make money. Sure. But if you, if you want to like, it like, again, it really depends on like what is driving someone. Absolutely. I think that's really, really critical. Um, when it comes to navigating your career, we ask this of everybody, how important would you say navigating your career is? When you say navigating your career, what do you, what do you think that means? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I think you're the first person we've had on the show that turned it back around on me. Um, well, I like to make sure we're working off the same language. Oh, no, absolutely. I think, you know, you know, for me personally, navigating your career is, you know, climbing a ladder of what that person believes to be their North Star that leads them to some version of success, whatever that version is for that person. That could be monetary. It could be um peace of mind it could be um you know you know the freedom to do what they want in whatever form that is and the little moves they make when they change jobs or change uh positions or titles or um promotions or whatever those little things are are in my opinion like either jumping to a different ladder or jumping a ladder rung so that they can get to where they want to go faster. I think, okay, so, so I'm going to tell you how I operate. Um, and, you know, people can kind of take this or leave this. Like, there's, there's, there's two, this is also paradoxical, okay? Um, so I think about things from the perspective of, like, a practice. So a practice is like something you're committed to doing consistently. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like if we go back to the last question of, you know, how people, what do they choose and kind of get in, how do they get into the, the career, et cetera. Um, it's like saying, I'm going to commit to, to exploring this for X amount of time. Right. You know, like, like meaning, and that becomes a consistent container. I like to call it. It's a container. It's a time container and a commitment container where like you're not going to be following the whim of your emotions inside of that container. Mm. At, the, at the same time, you know, I very much, the way that I operate is like, um, like, does this feel right? And then like, if it doesn't feel right, like I will explore something until I find, uh, the resonance, like where it does feel right. And so I know this sounds a little bit um, difficult to, like it's not specific, right? But no, it, no, but it, actually, I think it is very specific. It, it's, it's encouraging people to come back to uh, their own inner truth to be like, is this right for me? Like, is this true? Is this right? Is, is this true? Is this right? Is this true? Is this right? And then, um, you know, this also requires, you know, and this, and this is why I do like the deeper spiritual work with people, because if you are externally oriented, which means you are getting your self value from what people think of you, what kind of car you drive, whether you're in a relationship, what your job title is, or any of those things, that means you are externally oriented. 
if you, if you practice being internally oriented, which is like, I am good and worthy and enough, just me, like, and all the other stuff is extra and it's all to navigate the life that I want to live, then you have an easier time tapping into your own truth. If you're externally oriented, you're going to have a hard time feeling what's true for you because you're constantly looking for validation externally. Mm, that's very, very good. Very, very good insight. Um, okay. I like that a lot. Let me ask, I'm really enjoying asking you some of these questions here. Um, let well, me ask you. We're meant to be enjoying it, right? <laughs> Uh, let me ask you a question about uh, motivation. Mm -hmm. um, do you believe you can teach motivation? Well, motivation again is like, well, where is the motivation coming from? Right. So, so, um, you know, like here, here's, here's something I was, I was thinking about this recently. Mm -hmm. So in the first part of my career, like I, was so into consumption. You know, it was like I had a new Audi and like I had it for like six months and then I upgraded to a Porsche and, you know, because I was making more money. It was like, it was all about like I wanted the diamonds and the, you know, Gucci shoes and all of that stuff. And um, I could give about that stuff now. Like I really, I don't care. Like I wear yoga clothes every day, you know? And, and I, you know, I have a, you know, multi six figure business from my house. Like I don't leave the house. I don't work most of the time. I take two months off, two weeks off a month, you know, like, and, and I, I have the life that I want to live and I spend my money really differently. Like I don't, I'm not motivated by consumption. So like if somebody was trying to motivate me by like, you can get a Maserati and be like, keep it. Like that doesn't, that's not what's getting me going. And the other thing too, is that I'm in a place now where like, Used, I used to just be all about making the money for the sake of the money. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. It was sexy. It was hot. I don't do that anymore either. Like for me, what, what I have found is like I am in total service to um, people's deeper truth and power. And like as long as I'm in service to that, and that's what I do, then the money comes. I don't have to worry about the money. So do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like, if you need external motivation, if you need something to like jack you up to do it, then it's probably not the truth. Got it. So what do you say? <laughs> I'm fine. I know these are like deep answers. No, these are, this is very good. This is very good. But so just curious, so what do you say to the guy who wakes up at 5.45 every morning, stares at his ceiling, right, with eyes half closed, hops in the shower, eyes half closed, right, appears at work to clock in, eyes half closed, goes throughout the entire day, eyes half closed, and then he or she goes to, you know, leaves the office at, you know, 6.45, gets home, eats a plain dinner, you know, watches TV and then goes to bed and that person just eats their life, right? But then they, it, they don't really seem to know how to get out of that life. So here's the deal. Like this is, and this is the way that I look at things. Um, I, I actually was working with a client recently who was in a position where they couldn't leave where they were for a number of factors. 
and um, but wanted to. And, you know, the way that I work with that is that like, um, life is a teacher, great teacher, right? And um, it's, there are lessons available in all moments in all things. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a complicated process because really everything is choice. And, you know, this, this is, this is another hard one for people because when they, they want to believe like that, that something else has them stuck, but, but really they're participating in that reality. They're participating by choosing and participating in it. Right. So the person who does that may say like, I can't leave um, because of the money. And it's like, no, no, you're choosing not to leave because of the money. You are trading your daily happiness in life for your paycheck. Mm. It's just a, it's just a little like flip of the script. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as long as it, it, the minute that you can be like, I'm choosing this, you get a whole bunch of power back. You are no longer at the whim of the thing. You are, you are choosing to be in the situation that you're in. So then the next question is, okay, I'm not willing to leave because I'm getting a paycheck and I need this paycheck. Great. Who do you need to be to like this job? Who do you need to be to show up and like be fully present and engaged in it? Because that's what the situation is asking of you. There's like a higher version of yourself that's possible in that moment. And then as soon as you sort of get that lesson down, other opportunities will open anyway. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's also kind of like, you, you know, people are really, they make a lot of assumptions, right? People, people are not, they are risk averse. They don't like, um, you know, and, and mostly like when you go through the thought process with people, a lot of times at the bottom of it is like, I'm going to be homeless and dead. Right. <laughs> like that is really like, you know, you can go down like, well, what will happen if you know you, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and people really that that's like the, 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 the bottom of the fear list yeah. of why people don't make change. Mm. Wow. That is deep. That's good. That's very, very good. Um, yeah. I think that flip of the script and changing the perspective has a huge play on motivation as well. Um, my belief is that you can't really teach motivation. You know, you can, you can inspire and you can spark motivation, but it has to grow and build from somewhere mm. inside that person already. I think everyone already has some level of what they need to be whatever it is they end up being, whether that's ambitious or whether that is, uh, you know, um, you know, good at something that they learn or skillful. Um, they just don't know. Some people just don't know how to pull that out of themselves. Yeah. And I'll also say that, you know, like when you look at our society from top down, like it is set up, like the whole thing is a rat wheel. I don't care where you are. I don't care how rich you are. Unless you're like the puppet master at the top, everybody is on that rat wheel. Mm. And so like for me, I opt out every place that I can. 
like I just opt out of systems like and granted like I totally recognize the fact that like I'm in a position to be able to do that but it's like you start you have to start waking up to all the places that you're playing into something that someone else has chosen for you and then you participate in that and I, I know this is getting a little bit off 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 course <laughs> But, but, but the reason, the reason this is all related is because like, if you are not that awake to the choices that you make every day and like really start educating yourself and really start asking questions, then you're not really living, you're not in choice in your life. That makes a lot of sense. You are in choice in a small way, but you're only in the choices that somebody else has given you the options. I think that's a very good point. It's a very good point right there. Um, awesome. Very good. Well, um, what piece of advice would you have for someone in one sentence who is trying to navigate their career currently um, and is trying to jump to that next ladder, or that next rung? What, what piece of advice would you have for that person in one sentence? Why do you want to be at the next ladder at the next rung? a good question to ask absolutely very good yeah i mean it, it it's it, look i i have to be honest with you people people should not work with me unless they like are okay with their life unraveling because <laughs> there's a lot of unraveling that needs to happen usually before people can get to what they really desire and um people are scared of that i mean it's one of the reasons why i do what i do is because i you know i hold people through big transformation um because it's not fun to do alone. You want to have a, a it's like a, a spelunker, you know, like if you're going into a cave, like you, you want to have someone back there with the rope in case you get lost, um, you know, and that, that's what I, that's what I do. You know, I hold the flashlight for you, but, um, but it is, it's like, it, it's like, are you willing to potentially allow some things to fall away so that things that are really right for you can show up? and come in mm. and like, yeah, you don't have to choose that. You can totally choose to go to that next level. Be committed, stay the course, ask yourself, who do I need to be to get that promotion that I am not today? What actions would I have to take today that I'm not doing that would create that reality for myself? Mm. Mm -hmm. It's here, it's internal, it's with me. I have the power to make those choices and changes. That's spot on. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap it here. Um, wonderful conversation. Um, this might be my favorite episode so far, actually. Ooh, yeah. I really, really like it. Um, so thank you so much for being on our show. Um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about your, your consulting and the work that you do and the support you provide, how do they get in touch with you? Um, perrychase.com, um, you know, is there and, and anyone can also just email me directly. It's perrybchase at gmail.com. There's a B like B like boy and it's Perry P E R R I, not Y I B chase C H A S E at gmail.com. Awesome. Very good. That's it. <laughs> Thank, you so much. Thank you for having me on. That was so good.